Hey, I'm Maggie Domingo, and I'm sharing how human design can reveal your true, unique self. It's a personal development tool that provides practical and actionable concepts to be applied to your day-to-day so you can live a more fulfilling and aligned life. And who wouldn't want that? This is the Maggie Domingo Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we are kind of shaking things up a little bit because I've got Brian Schrader here with me today. Brian is a marriage and family therapist, but he's here to learn and grow through experience, specifically through the human design uh, system today. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be recording with you again. For those of you who don't know, I was actually on Brian's podcast in August, which that was only a month ago, but it feels like forever ago already. And we had a really great conversation um, about becoming aligned with your authentic self through human design. I wanted to bring him on my podcast, but I was like, I don't want to just interview him. That that doesn't feel right for me. I was like, what is, what's that thing that just feels better? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to offer to give him a human design reading, see if that's something that interests him. And fortunately he said yes. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be going over his human design chart, which you, the audience won't be able to see, but that's okay because you actually don't need to understand your chart visually. Like I was just explaining to Brian in order to kind of start to get into it. So that's what we're going to be doing today. But Brian, you actually own your own mental health practice and you're also an adjunct professor, which I didn't know. So my practice kicked off basically when COVID hit and everybody went home, it seems like um, about Mm -hmm. two years ago. And I've been teaching at uh, Toro University Worldwide, which I guess is out of uh, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Two years as well. So I teach adjunctly for their marriage and family therapy program, which is is always interesting thing to do. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, obviously I'm sure you imagine maintaining your practice, but do you want to continue doing the professor position kind of into the, you know, long-term future? Yeah. It's great connecting with, with new students and and people and just kind of uh, helps me stay fresh too in my practice, but it's always great because I continue to learn. I tell people, I mean, that's why I was so interested in this is just continuing to learn and grow as an individual because I also do uh, Reiki. Reiki, so energy and and all that great stuff and I'm still such a a learner I don't feel like I know (laughs) anything but uh so yeah so it all kind of comes together yeah I love that I think it's also really important for as a professor you know you're educating these typically younger but you're educating this new subset of minds and if you're not continuing to grow as yourself as a human being it's like I feel like that energy just kind of becomes stagnant but you always want to be bringing kind of a new fresh energy into into your class or into the setting and so I think that's really great that you do prioritize um you know just your your self development and your personal growth cuz I think I think students feel that, you know, and I think that just is that much more encouraging for them as well and in their, you know, in their education. Okay, so before we um, get into your chart, I want to kind of just briefly remind the audience of what human design is and kind of give you a little refresher as well. So just kind of keeping this short, but human design is a self-development resource that's based on ancient and modern sciences that really kind of shows us how we are unique individuals and the ways to encourage staying in alignment with that true version of ourselves. It's basically this energetic blueprint so everything is energy and human design acknowledges that and gives you your energetic blueprint kind of like your internal map which I think is really cool and there's so much that goes into that and it really links into the ancient and modern sciences but we're not going to go into that today because that would just be we'd be here forever but it's also a deconditioning mechanism so your conditioning you know you've been taking on conditioning over your time not just you Brian but obviously all of us and it's really kind of out of your hands Um, but I think it's really your responsibility to 
kind of course correct. And that can be a little intimidating or maybe seem unfair, but when we have the right resources in place, it can not only become easier, but I think kind of fun to experiment with. Another thing is it really sheds light on your purpose and your potential. So you have a natural purpose in your existence being here on earth, and you actually have inherent potential to match, which I think is just so empowering to know and really kind of like sit into that energy as you begin to explore your own human design and you get to find out all these amazing things about yourself and then incorporate my favorite part of it, which is experiential learning. So your life experience really is your life experiment. So, and you can optimize that experiment and get the results results that are best aligned with you and your authentic self if, again, you have those right tools to kind of implement. I just get like so jazzed up about <laughs> how do you even design? <laughs> okay, so with that today, um, we're going to be going to address Brian's, basically his foundational five. So these are the foundational five features of your human design that really are, you really have to get intimate with them first and begin to experiment with them before you kind of get into all of the other amazing things that human design can offer you because it's literally creating the foundation of which your human design is built upon. If you don't really understand those things, then you learning any of anything else that human design can offer you is really kind of doing you a disservice because it just essentially is information overwhelm. And Brian saw his chart that I'm sharing with him right now. And he was like, whoa, yeah, like you said, it, it is something kind of overwhelming to look at, but it's something that you can, it's like learning a new language. Of course, that seems overwhelming in the beginning, but once you kind of learn those basics, those foundations of the language, then it just becomes that much easier to really understand and be able to implement it in the future. So are you ready, Brian, to go through your uh, chart? <laughs> I am. I'm absolutely ready. Okay. And you can stop me at any time. If you have a question, I tend to go kind of fast and I, I, I don't, I don't know how other people feel about it, but I just say, I heard someone say one time, they were like, I don't talk fast. You just listen slow. <laughs> that was so funny. I'm one of those people that listen to podcasts at like 2x speed. So I think I speak the same way. But anyway, so yeah, please feel free to stop me at any time if you have any questions. I'll kind of go through each um, each thing. And then at the end, I'll have some kind of reflection questions for you if nothing's really already come up as we're kind of talking about it. Sounds good. So first, we're going to go through your authority. And so right here on your human design chart, it says emotional next to you being a generator. So emotional is your authority and your authority is your decision-making mechanism. And what emotional means is not that you have a lot of emotions necessarily. It's that you actually have to wait out your emotional wave when making a decision. So that time can really vary for you. And that's something that you kind of get to experiment and see with certain things, maybe in my business, maybe my emotional wave takes a week to kind of play out. Or if it's maybe something family related, maybe it's something that maybe that emotional wave is a month. It just really depends on the situation. But your emotional authority is actually linked to your solar plexus right here being defined. So in your chart, you have kind of like this sideways triangle, but the fact that it is colored means that it is defined. And so when you have a defined center, it means that this is how I like to explain it is it's an area that's just kind of like second nature to you versus if you have them white, it's again, in my terms, kind of areas that you're constantly seeking and you're really subjected to conditioning. But those centers tend to be the areas where we have the most availability for wisdom. Basically, what you want to be doing as you're making decisions is waiting for clarity because that's the key for you to be, really be living in harmony. So with more time comes more clarity for you. And this is really where patience is going to be something that you're going to want to honor and kind of practice as you experiment with this. So Although time kind of puts distance between you and the decision, 100% clarity or 100% certainty might actually be kind of rare for you. So if you feel like you always reach 100% clarity or certainty, that might be coming from like a conditioning or something like that that you've experienced or been conditioned to to 
feel, which I think that's kind of normal. It's like, how often are we like, no, you have to be like 100% certain that you want to do this. <laughs> you know, yeah, I can't think of much, you know, not much comes to mind that I'm like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. No so, so, so that's good to know because there's other authorities, like specifically with sacral authority, we, we tap into our sacral and we actually know pretty much with 100% certainty, is it a yes or a no? Sometimes it's a not right now, but we actually have that immediate availability for certainty. But for you, you have to wait up that emotional wave. And I'll, I'll actually talk about that a little bit later, just the fact that you do have a defined sacral as well as a defined solar plexus, but still your authority is emotional. So oftentimes your first response will actually be correct. And that's, that's linking into your sacral but it still really is best to avoid making decisions in that immediate moment or from like that high or low emotional state again it's really just about waiting out that emotional wave so that you can gain just more and more clarity but not necessarily 100% certainty if you do end up acting from that place of oh i know it i know it right now i'm going to make this decision you that's where you can actually find those decisions being um, untrustworthy or are and tend to actually be met with resistance or maybe trouble because again, you're acting out of that conditioning or from your not self theme, which we are going to be talking about a little bit later on today. So in kind of reflecting a little bit about this information, you know, does, I mean, you kind of had already mentioned that doesn't really feel like something that you don't already experience. You don't really tend to um, be met with 100% certainty, but what are you kind of feeling about this? Is this something that you'll kind of be thinking about moving forward in your decision-making with business or family or, you know, anything really? Absolutely. Because I do find, and it's hard sometimes, right? But I do yeah. find that if I allow myself that time and space to really sit back and think about something before I make a decision on it, it typically is you know, a clear decision. I make it for the right reasons. And that sounds yeah. like it correlates well with what you're saying. Yeah. And I think the fact that you, you are someone that's very open to different self-development, you know, mechanisms and opportunities and the fact that you're in Reiki, it's like really making sure that as you're making those decisions at some point, you know, getting grounded in yourself and really tapping into your authentic self and being like, you know, is this true for me? Is this decision that I've come to, does it really feel authentic and true to me? Or am I kind of acting out of my conditioning or my authority? But again, I think you have this gift of the fact that you have, um, cause you can be an emotional authority if you're a different, a different human design type as well. But the fact that you have have your your sacral and your solar plexus defined you have the your sacral that's saying like oh this is a yes or a no and that kind of alludes to why you might why your first thought or decision might be the correct one but it's really best for you because your ultimate decision making is emotional that to wait out that emotional wave um, and just kind of see okay yes I've thought about this for a couple of weeks now and this is a yes for me Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to talk about your type next, which we have right here. You are a generator, like I already said, and your type is all surrounding your, your aura, actually, like your energetic um, output. And so your aura, you being a generator is open and enveloping. And I'll kind of mention this throughout some of the other topics that we'll be um, talking about today. But first, I want to give you a little bit of general information about generators. So 37% of the population are pure generators like you and myself. So we also have manifesting generators, and that's like a sub group of generators and people consider that the fifth type of human design but I really like to stay true to it being a subtype of generator so when you do combine the manifesting generators and generators it actually makes up 70% of the world population so it's definitely the vast majority and that is because they are the the doers they're um the creators and the builders and if we didn't have those people then nothing would ever get done around the world <laughs> so some famous generators are the Dalai Lama Albert Einstein Mo Mozart, Elvis Presley, Oprah, Meryl Streep, and Walt Disney. So really, I mean, and there's amazing, obviously, people in every single type, but these are 
I think, very pivotal people in their specific areas of what they mm -hmm. ended up doing. I think it's really just a, a testament and a reminder of when we, as generators, when we find our area of work that really lights us up and we're so passionate about, we can become really influential people in, you know, in that area that we've decided to, to kind of niche into. Historically, generators were actually kind of taken advantage of because they have this natural access to consistent workforce energy, life force energy. And again, that goes to your sacral being defined. So because we had all this energy, we were actually kind of forced laborers and we were doing like the physical building and like defending of empires and kingdoms historically. But today, we're obviously still the doers and builders and creators, but it's really our own work that we get to now um, do and perform in the world that is our gift to the world. And this type in particular has a really big emphasis on the relationship with work than any other type. And it's because we have all of that workforce energy. If we're not doing something that really truly lights us up, that's when we're met with a lot of frustration, which is you're not self-fame. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about that later. But um, it's just us being generators, our work is a huge topic for us. And it's really through this work that you're actually going to have the ability to perfect or master it over time. And so that's a really big theme for generators is us having a certain project or, you know, like a, a passion, or again, it could be work or skill that we just kind of like are in the cycle of perfecting it, like literally mastering it over time. But we're not just born to work. Again, we're really born to be doing what we love, loving our work essentially, um, because it's how we actually are burning off that energy. And it's actually a key um, thing for restful relaxation and sleep for us. So really with generators, our biggest thing for us with sleep is to just burn off that energy every single day because it literally gets recharged overnight. So if we haven't burnt off that energy, our bodies are still like, and our minds are still buzzing throughout the night and we're constantly, you know, it's very, a very uh, restless night of sleep, not getting good quality of sleep. And this is something that I've been kind of experimenting with over time and recognizing this of, did I really feel like I burned off my energy today? And sometimes that's not always physical. Sometimes it's more of a mental thing. And then I have recognized that maybe when I didn't feel like I did actually burn off a lot of energy, because in me, I think, oh, I'm, I have to burn off that energy physically. But when I've had a really kind of like mentally, not necessarily heavy day, but very a mentally exhausting day. I actually ended up sleeping very well because my mind was just, my energy was being burned off with what was going on in my mind. So that's something to kind of keep in mind just as you go to sleep and just kind of see how that maybe plays out for you. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense because I'll find times <laughs> where I'll run a few miles and I'll be physically exhausted, but I can't fall asleep and yes. my mind's still going and there's things you know, from that perspective, I have not done to burn off that energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really interesting to when you kind of think about it in that perspective. And again, especially for generators, it's not necessarily mm -hmm. the case for other types. Manifestors, that type, for instance, they are the type of people who literally as soon as they burn off a certain amount of energy, like they have to take a nap. They have to do that because they don't have the energy within them to like continue on. They have to do it in little spurts like that versus us. It's like, we're just kind of go, go, go all the time. And maybe it's like we couldn't always explain it before, but now it's like, oh, I just naturally have all of this energy and it's due to my defined sacral. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. This is also another type whose focus really is on themselves, knowing themselves, understanding themselves, and because that's actually how we are going to become aligned with the right work versus other types whose focuses are on activating other people and initiating other people. So the right work really can transform your life as a generator and actually slow down the degeneration process of your body. And so I kind of thought of this example the other day because I was like, how can I like put that into a more, I don't know, tangible 
example. And I was like, I kind of thought of a car battery where it was like, you have to kind of run a car battery every now and again, if it's something that's just going to be sitting there. For instance, I don't drive my car a lot. I work from home now and um, I don't have a lot of reasons to leave my house. And so it's good for me to run my car every now and again, if I'm really not going to be using it. And that is actually good for the longevity of the battery itself. So I feel like putting that into context of human design, when generators find the right work for them, it is a way to slow down that degeneration process of their bodies because they're using that energy in a way that's actually most fitting for them. Again, connecting to your sacral is really important. It's separate from your authority, which is emotional, but connecting to your sacral is really important to know because paying attention to the sounds and vibrations that are coming from your gut is that connection. So your sacral is kind of your gut area. So tapping into the sounds and vibrations that are coming from it can be really helpful in your body telling you if you have the energetic availability for that thing that might be coming in question for you. So again, your aura is open and enveloping and what you should be doing is just letting life kind of come to you and then you'll tap into your sacral and your sacral is going to tell you, do I have the energetic ability, not just to do this thing, but to actually complete the thing that's in question, which I think are two different, really two different things. Um, So it's asking you, do you have the availability of energy to commit to completing this thing that's now coming into your aura? And you're going to naturally reach plateaus in your energy. That's just, you know, that's normal. That's expected. And so when that happens and you reach those plateaus, it's not necessarily a question of like, oh, I just don't have the energy. So I guess it's a no and I'm going to quit, which can be a really normal thing actually for a lot of generators. They can just be seen as quitters, but it's not that you have to necessarily quit. It's that you just need a new initiation, a new a new thing to respond to within that area. So if you maybe maybe you're working on something, doing like a course for um for your clients or something like that, and it's like I, I I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing all the work for it, and then you just kind of reach a plateau in like your energy and maybe like your passion for it. Maybe it could be seen as a, a dip in your passion for it. It doesn't necessarily mean oh this is not the right thing that for me anymore. I should just not be doing it. It might mean you have a conversation with someone like your wife and you guys just have a have a talk about it and she can ask you like was this something that you really want to do or or just invite new energy into it and then from there you can decide okay is this still a yes or is this actually a no for me and then again that's where your emotional wave can kind of come in and you can be like oh okay let me let me sit this out for a little bit and just kind of see where my mind goes so what's kind of going on in your head as you're you're hearing about your type and I know we talked about a lot of things about the generator type but what's kind of going on in your head well, it's funny when you talk what you were just talking about in terms of the energy and, and having a dip in interest, because one thing like my practice itself focuses on couples therapy, but yeah. sometimes I'll get to this point where, and not because it's couples therapy, but just in general, I lose kind of some of that focus or energy to do couples therapy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll kind of feel a real lull in that. And then I'll kind of ask myself some of those questions. Um, or, or I'll say something to my wife about it. And then yeah. you know, um, she'll, you know, she'll ask me some things about it as well. And then I'll f- kind of come back to a point where, yeah, it is like a passion. It is something I want to do. Um, but I definitely feel those drops at times yeah. kind of ebb and flow, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting because that yeah. absolutely I think when we kind of go through our human design, we we pick up on habits that we already know are habits of ours. And the human design system, I feel like just kind of gives those habits more validation mm-hmm. as to why they might be really good for you, or maybe why some of your habits maybe are not the most aligned for you. You know, it can go both ways, obviously. But I'm also curious to know about the the sacral section that we were talking about and what kind of what was sparked in you, if anything, when we were kind of talking about that and listening to your gut. Like, does that feel odd to you? <laughs> you know, what are your no, thoughts? it makes a 
a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> and, and it's more so because of kind of being open to that type of information, so to speak. Yes, um, right. There's a nurse practitioner that I work with as well, who really is all about mind body. And mm-hmm. she talks about the gut all the time in terms of anxiety, in terms of all yeah. sorts of things and how, you know, emotionally so much comes from within our body. So that, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. And that's what I was really thinking about was, you know, it just kind of reinforces those ideas yeah. um, of how important different areas of our body are in terms of our functioning and how we experience things. So. Right, right. Everyone obviously has a different relationship with their bodies. And again, like you said, you mentioned a good point as to whether someone's even open to, you know, I guess just like, incorporating these things or just accepting of these things, you know, whether or not they really choose to incorporate them or not. So kind of like their willingness, but yeah, that's, that's so great. So I'm glad that like a lot of that really kind of resonated with you. Okay. Okay, So we're going to talk about your strategy next. And so your strategy is always the same for, um, in comparison. So the next three things that we're going to talk about are always the same based on your type. So, um, your strategy is to respond. Basically the biggest lesson for generators here. Well, sorry, let me explain what a strategy is. So your strategy is basically how you you best interact with the outside world, so outside stimuli, as well as use your energy internally and externally. And so again, your strategy is to respond. It's the strategy to embody your role because your role is actually the generator. But so the biggest lesson for generators is to, I kind of already mentioned it before, to let life come to them and then respond from there through their sacral plus your authority, you know, because your authority is, is emotional. So waiting to respond doesn't necessarily mean doing nothing though. It's actually just becoming a to the fact that you're constantly responding to things. So for you specifically, this can be like welcoming your boys home when they come home from school, or, you know, you're putting on a hat because you realize it's going to be sunny and you don't want your face to get burned when you're going to go on your run. Everyone's obviously responding to life all the time, but it's especially important for generators to really recognize not just the fact that they're responding to everything, but how they're responding to things. One battle in that for generators is that we shouldn't be living out of shoulds. Um, So, and this means like we really have to be surrendering to our actual desires and our our dreams and our fantasies because those are typically actually created out of our conditioning in some way or are not self-themed, which I'll go into later. And so it's really trusting that whatever it is that we do feel or do genuinely want in our lives or need in our lives is going to be brought to us. Life will bring that to us. It's just, do we have the patience and surrender to trust that it is going to come to us at the right time. So it's really all about kind of like divine timing, if you believe in anything like that. Yeah. Otherwise, forcing your dreams into reality, which is really, again, not what we're how we're supposed to be operating as generators. But if we're really kind of forcing things to be happening in our lives, it's, it's again, kind of generating from that not self theme, which is frustration, and it's you kind of living out of alignment. And so I don't know if you've ever maybe felt that when you felt like you were really trying to like force something to happen, you know, you want it, it kind of just gets met with like more resistance or or just bad things kind of ended up happening around it. And then when you finally decided to just kind of surrender to it and just let let life happen. And then I think like that's kind of when you end up seeing like the real magic and you're like, oh, well, had I just like waited, this would have just worked out perfectly. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever like yeah. experienced that before. Yeah, a lot of things. Um, I know my wife does a lot of it, but I used to do a lot of journaling in the morning and just mm-hmm. kind of talk about, you know, me along those lines. And, and she always talks about this idea of, you know, things will come. It's about, you know, timing, you know, mm-hmm. and just um, putting it out there, so to speak, to the universe. Yeah. And, and that's what I think when I hear this is the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, it, it's, it's coming. It's just 
you know, it's not going to be right now necessarily, but it's going to come at the right time. Yeah. And it doesn't, and this is the thing that I really like to stress too, because I have to think about this as well, being a generator is it doesn't mean that you, again, are not doing anything. And it doesn't mean that you're not actively working towards your dreams or goals or whatever. It just means that you do have to understand there is a time and place for things and kind of recognizing like, am I doing this more out of like a force energy or more of a flow energy? Because there is a difference, you know, and that's something to experiment with and figure out what does that look like for you? What do you, what starts to come up when you're working out of either energy and then just knowing that moving forward. So, but because you have that open and enveloping aura, you actually just kind of act as a magnet. Life is always being drawn to you as a generator because that is the aura that you have versus other human design types have like a closed and repelling aura. It's everyone. It's it's very interesting when you start to like look at it in those terms, but life is always being drawn to you. And so it's really your sacral that's going to be giving you the boundaries as to how you want to use that energy when it comes in, you know, into your aura, which I had kind of already elaborated on before. But once you've decided to commit to something though, you can't actually like quickly change gears because your sacral again has already informed you that you not only have the energy for it, but you have the energy for the completion of it. It's one of those things where you might have to get initiated in another means to figure out like, is this a yes or a no? Because that could change over time. But going back to the yes or no questions, these are the questions that really can actually make a difference in how you respond to life. So linking this to your authority, being emotional, the answer to, to the question might be a yes or no, but it will change as you, or might possibly change as you kind of wait out that emotional wave. A yes or no questions have definitely been very um, helpful for me. I really since I kind of realized that that's something that I don't know just it puts my mind in a different energy and it helps me kind of assess the situation a little bit better so I was kind of thinking like an example for you would be like if you and your wife are talking about like what to have for dinner and she's asking you what do you want for dinner well that's actually not the best way that she should be asking you how like what you might want for dinner a shift of this would be like does Italian food sound good tonight because it's like that's kind of more of a yes or no question and then you you know continue the conversation from there and I've experimented this with this with my partner and it's definitely made a difference and he's a generator too and asked me what do you want for dinner and I'm like that's not the right question to ask me (laughs) because like it just puts my mind in a different place and I'm like I don't know you know but then when he's like do you want Mexican food tonight I'm like that's a no you know yeah I kind of want to know your thoughts about this no that's (laughs) that's spot on because My wife will ask me, you know, sometimes we'll be going and we'll be looking at for the month, you know, but we'll start yeah. off with the week and she'll say, oh, well, what do we want to, what do we want to make, you know, <laughs> and I struggle with that. Or if she says to me the same question, you know, what do you, what do you want for dinner tonight? I will sit there and struggle with that because yeah. for one, even if I have something that pops into my mind, you know, it's not something I necessarily want. And then I kind of got to figure that out. And I'll mm-hmm. say to her, I'm not sure in 90% of the time she, she'll come up with what we have for dinner in terms of an yeah. idea because I'll just struggle with that question. I, <laughs> I definitely prefer it where it's, you know, do you prefer, would you like Italian tonight? I think that's yeah. a great, again, yes or no. And it kind of, you know, leads me in a good direction. Yeah. I don't know why that's just, my examples always go to food. Cause I feel like that's just something that <laughs> I've experimented before I even knew about human design. <laughs> so my examples always go to food, but yeah, I just, it's funny how like just such a simple question is like, what do you want for dinner? Could be like so activating for people versus other human design types like manifestors. They want all the options, give them all the options and then they'll, you know, get the answer from there. But it's like, I just need a question that I can give you a yes or no to because that helps me to actually figure out what does sound good or not sound good. Yeah. Um, so definitely something to experiment with, especially during the conversation of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so next we're going to be talking about your signature and your signature is how you basically know when you're living in alignment. So what you're going to be feeling or experiencing when you are living in alignment. Um, so here on your chart, it says themes, um, and that's basically what we're talking about, your satisfaction, and we'll talk about frustration um, afterwards. But yeah, so satisfaction. Satisfaction is like kind of subconsciously what generators are always seeking in life. I think like what's important to know is this is not something that your mind will ever be able to figure out, even though it's always trying to figure it out for you. <laughs> but like really response, responding to life is what's going to bring it to you with ease. It's just, I think that's not something that we, that's not like the mindset shift that we, I don't know, naturally think to do. It's like, oh, let me just like respond to things and see if that brings me satisfaction. It's like, no, let me like get into my mind. Is it a yes or a no? Why the how? You know, like all the questions. But yeah, so really responding to life is what's going to bring you that satisfaction a lot easier versus trying to rationalize a whole bunch of things. Obviously, there's a time and place for, you know, the logical mind and, and rational mind and everything. But these are all just little shifts that you could attempt to make and see what works for you. Um, but this is really why experimenting with your strategy, which is to respond, can be so transformative in basically attaining that satisfaction, which you're subconsciously actually just seeking the most in life. The most rewarding feeling for generators is to feel that sense of satisfaction, not just in general, but specifically through their work and relationships. So again, work is just such a big topic for generators, but relationships as well. We get brought deep satisfaction also when our commitments have been accomplished. So kind of, again, more specifically within work and in, in relationships, but also in general. So really work relationships and, and seeing our commitments accomplished, following th through with those things. Again, which is why it's so hard for us to kind of like break away from things, but you have your sacral ability that tells you, do you have the energy to complete this or not? Because Mm -hmm. if I tell you that you do and you go through it and you accomplish it, that's when you're really going to, again, feel that really deep satisfaction that's specific to you and maybe a little different experienced in a different way with other people. You really have to experiment though and kind of feel into what satisfaction looks like for you. So even though it's satisfaction, it's, it's what's kind of like that I don't know. For me, I kind of feel like a floating like energy when I feel like really real true satisfaction. So I think it's really important. And I'll, I'll mention this when we talk about your not self theme as well, but really figuring out what does satisfaction look and feel like to you. Satisfaction for me kind of plays out by being content with a very simple and minimal life when it comes to like not just not just hobbies but really kind of in general um, but specifically hobbies and so I'm not really like constantly seeking or caring to incorporate like new hobbies and passions into my life and I I always kind of thought that maybe that was because I was like, just a boring person and I'm like I'm just not interested in things like I guess that's what it is and in kind of understanding more about my human design, I realized like, no, I think like, I'm just actually really satisfied with that area of my life. And I, I personally don't need a lot of things like that to, um, you know, take up my time or to put my energy towards like that. I'm actually really satisfied with that level, um, of what I have in my life versus other people. I mean, my partner, for instance, he is the exact opposite and he has all the hobbies. He loves doing all the things. And that is so satisfying for him to have in his life. So just kind of like two different takes, but literally on the same, same thing, which is satisfaction. So I'm kind of curious. I mean, you don't have to name them if you don't want to, but like, are there areas in your life that you really do feel true satisfaction in? Cause I think, I think it can be difficult for us. You know, there's obviously the ebbs and flows too, but um, yeah, I was just kind of curious about that for you. And yeah. yeah I mean, one example of, of something that I do. So I do evaluations, uh, mental health evaluations on adolescent mm -hmm. kids. And 
even after, after I'm done with them, I like 99% of the time, I feel really satisfied with doing mm. that because yeah. the parents have some answers. The kids are being the kids, but like, it just feels really good. And yeah. and feeling wise, it's almost like in my shoulders, it's, it's just this energy in my shoulders. Yeah. That I feel. But yeah, so that's an example. Another thing that I remember that I committed to a lot of, and I had to really think about it before I did it was when I was going for my doctorate, before I did that, mm. I knew it was going to be a long, long road and it was going to be hard. <laughs> And then at the very yeah. end, I felt extreme satisfaction out of that oh, because, yeah. you know, I had, I had, for example, I had two guys who are like brothers to me were, were that close as friends and my wife all kind of were there for the, for the uh, dissertation and everything. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, those relationships and then that just felt really, really good yeah. to have people there. And of course, that's all helped my work, you know, work wise, you know, get to do things that I really am passionate about in terms of having my own practice and whatnot. All those things really bring me a lot of satisfaction. And I, even talking about them, I can feel it like in my shoulders. So, to, so I love that so much. Yeah. I think it's so important to understand where it manifests itself in your body because it could yeah. totally be different. You know, it does like, I don't even feel like it matters within your chart. It's like, where are you actually feeling that? Um, yeah. But I really love that example um, of you finishing your doctorate because it goes right back to what I, you know, was said earlier, which is you're going to feel that really deep satisfaction also when you're completing things. And it's like, right. that was the completion of that. And it yeah. also alludes to your work, which I think it's just like, that's just the best example. <laughs> how, oh yeah. yeah you know absolutely. how it all played out for you. <laughs> yeah. And it makes all the sense in the world, the way you say it. Um, and finding, you know, satisfaction in, in, you know, work in relationships because Mm -hmm. absolutely, I I believe that 110%. Yeah. I feel like what you're doing in your career is just like, you're doing what you were meant to be doing. Yeah. (laughs) It feels that way. It really does. Cause it comes easy. Like like, like you described, like it just comes easy in terms of, you know, even with difficult people, I just have this way I feel comfortable connecting with them and, and, and doing the work needed. So. That's Absolutely. so great. And versus other people who maybe try or tried or are actually playing out that that career within their own lives, but maybe it's really not something that we're that they're really aligned to be doing. They just mm-hmm. did it for whatever conditioning that they've been, you know, put through or right. whatever. And they're probably doing the exact same thing and maybe really do genuinely want to help people like you, but they're probably just being met with a lot of misalignment within that career move because it's really just maybe not meant for them. Um, so I just I love this so much. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay, so the last thing that we're going to talk about is your not self theme. So again, we have themes right here, and this is your not self theme, which is frustration, and that is what you're going to be feeling or experiencing when you are basically not living in alignment. So it's the exact opposite of your signature, which is again satisfaction that we just talked about. So with frustration, much of this is going to come from trying to make things happen again. Like you're really initiating and just like forging ahead, even though like you maybe didn't initially have the energy for it. You just didn't, you know, maybe listen to your sacral for that um, or maybe follow through with your emotional wave to really figure out is it a yes or a no and the energy can just feel like it gets stuck this can look like just not finishing what you're starting and exhausting the energy in a way that ends up not even being satisfactory because you already like attempted to do that thing when the energy maybe wasn't there or you just were not aligned with your um, your authority your emotional wave this can really result in kind of becoming like a recurrence where you are just not waiting to respond and not letting letting life come to you. So that really is just like all of this is just so interconnected. (laughs) But generators are typically conditioned to actually suppress or deny their primal sounds, which again, those like those guttural sounds and rely on their mind for that like not self commentary that they don't realize is coming from their not self. So another really big thing about human design is understanding where the mind's place 
actually plays within your life. We know how to operate most optimally for ourselves, but our minds, they think that they like need to be in the driver's seat and really like we don't need them in the driver's seat anymore. It's very interesting. Anyways, I mean, I think like the struggle is for generators, it can be more appealing to just stay in our comfort zone, but that comfort zone tends to be kind of not the most satisfying option. So staying in their more comfortable life rather than reviving or reconnecting with their sacral response. Um, and so again, like the fact that you have a defined sacral is still really important for you, even though it's not necessarily your, your authority, your decision-making mechanism. It can be difficult because there can be this fear of not hearing your sacral or maybe not agreeing with your sacral, which again can lead to them just wanting to kind of stay in their comfort zone. And one interesting example of this that I read one time was, you know, you have a generator who's just always loved meat, no problem with it. And then as they end up getting into their human design and they're experimenting with their sacral, their sacral might be telling them like, you know, I think I actually like want to go vegetarian. I don't think that's like, I don't think I need to be eating so much meat. Like maybe I'm going to pare that down a little bit. So again, it's just, life is just one big experiment. And these are just tools that you can use to make that experiment best and most aligned for you. But your sacral is going to tell you the what is, it's not going to tell you the why or the how. And that's something that I, I really like to stress about um, having a defined sacral is, is that. And I think that's when our, our gut will tell us something and then our mind wants to rationalize it and figure out the why or the how. And that's been something really difficult for me to let go of because I just, I want to be so rational about it and logical and figure out the why and the how and all of that stuff. But I'm like, I, that's like, there's not a place for that in, at least within my, you know, authority, my own decision-making me mechanism. So your sacral will tell you the what is, but it will not tell you the why or the how. So that's something kind of cool that I, I, don't oh, yeah. know, I like to talk about. <laughs> But again, like there is a time and place for everything if you wait, if you have that patience. And the thing is, you're always going to have the availability to respond to it as long as you allow it to come into your aura. So letting life come to you. It's all about, again, that divine timing if you believe in that kind of stuff. Because you have that open and enveloping aura, external questions are always going to be drawn to you. And so the question is, do you have the availability to wait to respond? Therefore, allowing yourself to really relax into living. So I think as generators, like we've been so conditioned to like go 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 I gotta like make things happen for myself like that's that's the way when really we're actually supposed to be doing quite the opposite <laughs> which feels so foreign I feel like to me it might feel foreign to you <laughs> but again kind of going back to one thing that you had actually mentioned earlier but self-originating questions or clarifying questions really help you when they're asked outside of yourself so um, even though you said earlier that sometimes you know I'll ask myself you know this question and that regarding of you know whatever the issue is even if you did like mirror work and you looked in a mirror and you asked yourself, you know, do I want Italian food tonight? I'm going to go back to my food example. Do I want Italian food tonight? Or if you're just, you're journaling about it and you write down the question and then you answer it, that still is actually not the best way for you to process things and figure out how you're feeling about it. You actually do need it to come from outside of you. And that can simply be like, wife, can you just ask me this question so that I can actually, because I need it to come from outside of me. I can't have it originate um, within myself. And so I had a kind of interesting conversation with my uh, best friend who's a manifesting generator and was kind of telling him about this and how self-originating questions don't always help us really process the information about figuring out whether or not we really do have that energy and whether we do really want to pursue that. And so was telling him that example. And I was like, so when you and I try to figure out what to eat, if I say like, hey, do you want to go out to breakfast this morning or do you just want to go straight into our walk? And he says, I, I want to get breakfast. Do you want to get breakfast? It's like, I actually need that question to be asked to me because I might be putting it out there, but I don't really actually know how I feel about it, even though I maybe think so. So really talking it out with someone is really, 
really, really important and having them ask you the question that you may be, you, again, you may might already have the answer. You maybe you've already tuned into your sacral, but really don't underestimate the power of someone else asking you the questions that you're kind of already asking yourself and just being able to talk about it with them and, and through them. And sometimes it's a matter of adjusting the questions so that you can, again, like just be more optimized in how you might respond to the question. But um, I'm curious to know what's kind of going on in your head right now as you hear that. Yeah, no, I can completely relate to the idea of somebody asking the question, you know, to you versus, you know, asking myself, hey, what do I want to do, for example, to mm-hmm. use your yours? Like, do I want to go out for breakfast or then go for a walk or what do I want to do? And it's yeah. always better when it comes from outside. It just seems simpler mm-hmm. um, in terms of answering. I feel more certain about it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's an interesting piece that that does actually. Come <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like just those little shifts. You're like, oh my gosh, this is just like, this is what I needed to know to just make it a little bit easier for me yeah. you know, or a lot easier for me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So those are your foundational five. I know it's so much information. I saw you writing notes. I love that. So hopefully you can, you can go back to those. And I thought about it too. I was like, well, the benefit for him is he can always go back and listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I just want to do a quick breakdown of just like kind of the main takeaways before we <laughs> wrap up this episode. So your authority is emotional. And really with this, you just want to wait out your emotional wave before deciding and committing to a decision. Your type, which is your role, is generator. So your gift to the world is your work. It really should be something that lights you up. And it is because, again, you have that consistent energy to just build and do and create and hopefully become a master of something over time. And when I think of master of something, I'm like, it could also be a master of yourself over time, which I think, you know, has just as many benefits for sure. (laughs) Um, Because the more that you know yourself, the more that you can show up in alignment and better serve others. And there's just going to be that ripple effect. And then your strategy, which is how you best interact with the world and use your energy is to respond. So getting connected to your sacral, which is going to be helping you with that, you know, is it a yes? Is it a no? When you allow it to just kind of come into your aura, letting life um, come to you and you respond to it from there. And then your signature is satisfaction. So this is what you're going to be feeling and experiencing when you are best living in alignment. And this is probably going to be something that shows through your work and your sacral will really have a key influence in bringing that to you versus trying to do it through your mind. Um, And then lastly, we have your not self theme, which is frustration. So this is what you're going to be feeling, experiencing when you're not living in alignment. And it really stems from initiating and acting out of your conditioning. It can be um, minimized or decreased at least by just leaning more into your strategy of waiting to respond and just trusting that life is always going to bring you something to respond to. Again, I know it's like so much information. It's definitely a lot of information and and it's it's very interesting things. And my eyes keep going, like taking me over to all the colors and everything on the right side with all the different designs and everything like that. It's just interesting. And yeah. the way you described everything makes sense, such as going back to the idea of, you know, the questions, you know, about mm-hmm. to make a decision, sitting on it and not just rushing to a decision, which yeah. oftentimes I want to do uh, <laughs> right. on different things. But at the same time, like you said, the right decision will come. I just have to, you know, for one, having somebody ask me a question, whether it yeah. be, you know, what I want to eat or something else and just kind of waiting and for, for that answer. Mm-hmm. And, and then how, how it makes so much sense of the idea of life coming to you, you yeah. know, it's one of those things of patience, right? right? And having that belief in that faith, so to speak, that, that things will work out and, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. going to be there. You just have to have the patience 
and willing to do that, which then gives you the satisfaction. If you try to push too hard, you'll get frustrated. Yeah. And you're living in alignment. That, that all yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You start to see how it's just, it's all connected. And when you are able to more kind of figure out how all those puzzle pieces work together, you're like, oh, okay, this just like all makes sense. And then when you begin to experiment with it, you're like, this is, it should feel easy. You know, it should make your life feel a little bit more easy. Yeah. Not to say that like you won't experience difficult times, but um, I think human design really is a way to just, just to better know yourself and decide, yeah. you know, is this something for you to experiment or do you just want to leave it at the door, which is totally fine too. You know, everyone's entitled to, <laughs> to that as well. One thing that I, I want to leave you with today, well, a couple of things is um, to just, again, obviously encourage you to experiment with what you learned today. Like I already said, you'll have this podcast episode to refer back to, which I think is really awesome. <laughs> But also finding someone to share these insights with can be really, really helpful because they can sometimes even see things in ourselves that sometimes we can't see. So they can just shed more light onto how this stuff might interplay with yourself. And then sharing this knowledge also helps them better interact with you so that your relationships with those people can be that much more enhanced and aligned in how you're interacting with them. And I think encourages you to kind of live by your design that much more um, when they have the understanding that this is kind of how you could be meant to show up, you know, and they can kind of support you in that. Because I, again, I always say like, you know, when you show up for yourself, you show up for others and there is just that ripple effect in that so highly encourage you to just experiment and then share it with with someone and see see where the conversation takes you so anything else that you want to say before we wrap up no it's it's been great and like you said i'll have to go back and, and listen to it and, and also look at my notes and take all the information in but i think that's great i mean you know, just the idea of, of kind of sharing the information and how it can improve interactions so that's all wonderful yeah. I'm, I'm definitely uh, i'll I'll do that and continue to kind of listen to myself in terms of yeah. sacral and getting the information, mm -hmm. making the healthier decisions and trying to live within alignment. So that's awesome. awesome. I appreciate awesome. it. I love to hear that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for just giving me the opportunity to do this. This was a lot of fun and I hope you got a lot out of it. And then hopefully others can just enjoy hearing about this and hopefully finding things that resonate from what you said, not just from, you know, what I said and help them in their own journey. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much, Megan. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode. If it served you in any way, please leave a review so we can continue spreading the word about human design and raise consciousness together.